Hello and welcome to On Public Square, a City of Clarksville podcast where we get to know the amazing city employees that help keep the lights on. They're our friends, our family, our neighbors, and each of them has a story to tell. Now, let's say hello. And welcome, welcome to another episode of On Public Square. I'm joined today by some folks from our Parks and Recreation Department. We have Randy Kelly and Sarah Burke, uh, who worked on a very special project at one of our local parks, Valley Brook along Riverside. Hey, so Randy. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I actually, Sarah and I know each other pretty well. We went to the same school, like back to kindergarten. Both went to Montgomery Central. Uh, but... Let's start simple. Let's just do some introductions. Sarah, if you could kind of just let people know who you are, what you do, that kind of thing. Uh, my name is Sarah Burke. I work at uh, Liberty. I'm a tech for Parks and Recreation. Um, currently in the process of working on the Pollinator Garden as well. So what's your job title? Oh, I'm a Ground Facilities Maintenance Technician. Wonderful. And that's actually a job that I believe there's some openings for. If anyone's looking for a job, uh, check out the listings on cityofclarksville.com. Yes, we have a couple openings right now. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought I saw some. I wonder, do you know which park's there for? Or is it divided that way? We don't necessarily hire park by park. Mm -hmm. um, so if we have an opening um, because they're in certain uh, classifications, so we could put them at any of the parks in the system. Mm. Sarah, how long have you been in uh, with Parks and Recreation? I started um, in 2021, uh, left for a couple months, and then quickly came back because you can't beat city life. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you uh, didn't you, for, for a while, I seem to remember seeing on social media that you, like, moved to Alaska and were doing some filming or something? Am I making that up completely? No, no, that was part of my life. I made a promise to my dog. Um, got her up there. Uh, uh, but yeah, I lived up there, and uh, I, I did filming for the museum, um, and I worked for the, uh, the local movie theater up there as well. That's awesome. So you've kind of worked with wildlife quite a bit, or uh, nature, I guess. Try to, yeah, you yeah. know. Gotta get a little back to your roots. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what about you, Randy? So, my name is Randy Kelly. I am the Deputy Director uh, of Operations for Parks and Recreation. Um, I'm in charge of all of our maintenance um, at all of our parks. Um, also in charge of aquatics and uh, historical properties are under my supervision as well. What does aquatics mean in this case? So, aquatics, uh, This currently we have the three pools. Um, oh, okay. Right. So I supervise all aquatics, our lifeguards uh, during the summer. Um, of course, not directly, but with mm. the staff that are out there um, through our training command. Lovely. The pools are always, it's always great when they get to open and people get to have that for the summer. It is a great advantage, especially when it's really hot out. Mm. So I guess let's go ahead and talk about uh, what we're here for today, which is Valley Brook Park. Uh, that is a park located along Crossland Avenue, not far from Riverside Drive. Uh, it is parallel with the train tracks uh, up on the hill. And it also has an overlook that is currently where the Greenway, the most southward point of the, not Greenway, the Riverwalk, rather. Yes. Um, at least for now. Uh, but uh, great park. I always loved that one as a kid because it had a little creek running through it. Uh, Valley Brook, I guess, makes perfect sense. But uh, if you've been there, I believe it has a couple pavilions. 
a very nice park with some relatively new equipment and now a brand new pollinator garden, um, which we put out a press release recently. And uh, Sarah and Randy, were you were both instrumental, I believe, in getting this project going. Uh, the mayor brought it to my attention uh, when I was working on one of our employee newsletters and just really wanted to give a shout out on this particular project. Uh, so I guess let's just start from the beginning. How did this, uh, how did this project come up? So the project came up, um, Parks and Recreation got a grant from National Resources Conservation Service um, to do a pollinator garden. Uh, pollinator gardens, um, just the whole pollinator environment or, or movement right now is really big. Um, you know, nationwide, you know, there's been the loss of bees and different things like that and various other pollinators. So that's a real push right now of doing that. Um, it's natural, um, just giving them a habitat, rebuilding habitats and things like that so that they can thrive, um, as they are a really big part of what goes on in nature. Um, mm -hmm. they help us, we help them. How much was the grant for? The grant was $10,000 grant. $10,000. You can do a lot of gardening with $10,000. It goes quick. It goes really fast. <laughs> than you would expect, yeah. I'm sure people don't, or people would be surprised just how much goes into something like that, how much planning and then all the implementation. But, uh, as far as protecting pollinators, so bees, of course, but that also includes what, I guess, butterflies bees, and butterflies, moths, bats, um, Bats count as pollinators. I didn't know that. Bats are nocturnal pollinators. Yes, sir. Huh. Um, uh, brings home at night. Uh, but yeah, so uh, bees, uh, wasps, um, then you have moths, butterflies, uh, and uh, there's a couple other ones that go in there uh, that kind of just trickle down the... Uh, the cycle. Mm. You always hear people talking about how the situation is, is somewhat dire for bees. Is is that as bad as people think it is? It, worse? It is, uh, it is It is honestly really bad. Um, it is only getting worse without, um, you know, the support of the communities and, and stuff like this that the city is putting on uh, because with how fast we're growing, uh, <laughs> we're taking away their habitat. Um, we're trying to make everything, you know, green and look great, and that's not necessarily the environment that they thrive in. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they... When the you know, when they pollinate, they bring uh, the food in for us and uh, and you know for other animals and species, and they're actually a cornerstone of a uh, of the kind of ecosystem. When I was just uh, starting at Clarksville, now one of my favorite articles. This I think would have been the first year I was there at the very least, uh, and I, I went back and followed up with him a year later. But I did a story on the bee removal guy locally. Are you familiar with him at all? No. Oh, it's this guy. He's a beekeeper, a hobbyist. I, I can't remember his name right now, but the article should still be on Clarksville now. But essentially, this guy, in order to get his bees, he was like, I'm not going to buy them. There are plenty of people that are calling pest control to deal with bee problems. And he'll suit up and go and take a smoke gun and take a little portable hive and load them up and take them home with him. Uh, but he's with the Beekeepers Association, and fun fact: if uh, actually, I think the Beekeeper Association is usually at the um, at the downtown market on Saturdays. Oh yes, I believe uh, they are. Yeah, I see them on a regular basis. Yeah, so if you're having a bee problem, and I, I'd actually I went with him. He loaned me a suit, and I helped him remove one for the story. Uh, but uh, I didn't realize that bees when they don't have a hive will congregate, and what essentially is just a big old clump of bees, and it looks 
mildly terrifying, uh, much less so uh, what I learned with this story is if you leave them alone, especially when they're in that, like, we don't have a hive situation, they're trying to stay low key, your risk of getting stung is actually much, much lower. So if you see something like that, do me a favor and call the bee guys. Don't don't kill them, uh, but right. instead... Don't, don't kill them, and it's very true. They pretty much stay to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going after humans, per se. They just yeah. do what they do. But a lot of swatting at them and stuff like that, you rile them up, mm-hmm. and that's when you excite them and people mm-hmm. get stung. I've always thought it'd be cool to keep bees. I don't have the space for it, but I've always thought it would be a lot of fun. It looks fun. I don't know. I'm allergic yeah. to bee stings. Oh, so. really? So no. <laughs> That'll be no, a no. No bees for me. <laughs> no bees, please. Awesome. Well, so going back to protecting pollinators is important, which means providing places for those pollinators, which means things like pollinator gardens. Uh, I guess, tell me a little bit... <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, um, so I guess we, we talked about the funding, we talked about why it's important. Uh, tell me a little bit about the project. What did it t- even let's let's go back a little further. Let's go step by step. What went into the planning of this project before it actually went out? How long has this been in the works? So the the grant was issued early last year, um, and we had a certain time frame to complete uh, the majority of the work, and then we're supposed to turn in quarterly reports on where we are and what we're doing. Um, so. Parks was without a deputy director in my position for six months or so. And then when I came in, I was tasked with taking a look at that and seeing what we can do to move the project along. Um, so I reached out. I saw Sarah had an interest and just a good heart for what we do in parks and to try to get something going and done. So her and I worked together to create a plan of what it looks like. What do we do? What do we plant? What are we looking for to use the grant? Um, and then really have something that's useful to the community when we're done. So was, was Valley Brook always the park that this was going to be at? Like when the grant was written or was there, how, how did you decide which park to do this at? It was written specifically for Valley Brook. Oh, okay. it is an, an area it's on a slope, uh, that basically, um, it's not being used. So we wanted to make use of an unused space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way also we're not having to mediate it constantly. Oh, um, good idea. But yeah, so it was written specifically for um, the Valley Brook Park and the 11,000 square feet that it is. Love it. Um, yeah, it's serving think- a lot more purposes than just um, the pollinator itself of, you know, stuff that we don't have to maintain. People aren't recreating on a 45 degree slope. So it and, definitely makes sense to do something to make it useful. Um, yeah. And now that building is happening on the other side of the street from there with, uh, I know Judy's hope is right in that area. And I think some of the other land might be zoned for a project soon. I'm, I might be making that up, uh, having something there to help with any water that might run off is going to be a big help. I'm sure. But, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, reaching out to you, Sarah, just for showing interest. That's always one of the things I think is kind of cool about working for the city. A lot of positions have that room of like, I'm interested in this thing and would like to get involved with this thing that I care about. And there's some room for that to be made possible. I've always liked that about working for the city. But uh, yeah, so I guess moving on to the actual project itself, you mentioned, um, what is it? Eleven thousand square, 11, feet? square feet. Yes, sir. That's a lot of land. Uh, 
The project uh, is listed in the press release, uh, 11,000 square foot grassy slope along along the east end of Valleybrook Park and into an, bleh, and turn into a native habitat for pollinators. Uh, of course, removal first. Uh, how Was there a lot to remove? It was basically just taking off that top layer of grass of any kind of debris and buildup um, and getting down to like the top soil of the dirt mm-hmm. um, and you know starting from bare, bare nothing. And trying to regrade it just a little so it's not so steep so that we'd be able to work on it and stuff like that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, it's going to help with maintenance time. We're not going to have, pe- have to have people mowing and weeding a rather difficult to slope to do those things on. Uh, helps with water uh, or erosion issues. Yes. Um, and I believe to put out so far, is this a so far or are we done planting? Um, we are uh, We are done for the season currently. Okay. Um, uh, typically, it's going to take about three seasons to get it fully established where it is self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll have to go back in and kind of fill in those holes where maybe the plant didn't, you know, didn't thrive or didn't make it. Um but yeah, so for now, uh, we're we're done with the planting season, um, and we are uh, we are waiting spring next year. <laughs> with the weather changing, it, I've started to wonder if maybe we're moving a little closer to fall. It's been so lovely just yes. this week. I um, it's so I'm, hot. <laughs> I'm ready for fall. Ready for uh, fall food. Yeah. Yes. Chili soup weather. Um, so 117 plants at this time, 38 bulbs. And 35,000 seeds worth of wildflowers. Uh, what do we mean by wildflowers? What does that um, entail? Well, we have actually bumped up those numbers. Uh, oh. from So we're probably at like about 150 plants. Those are rookie uh, numbers. we got to pump know, those numbers right? up. <laughs> we just had, you know, we had a planting party um, a couple weeks ago and added quite a few more. Um, but yeah, so uh, we have an, uh, an array of different kind of plants, um, either pollinator specific or they are uh, there to enable those plants that are pollinator specific. Um, and they're kind of staggered throughout all the seasons. So they'll have different bloom seasons between, you know, summer, winter, fall, spring. Uh, so it kind of keeps pollinators thriving throughout the year. Um, and the wildflower seeds, they are specific to our region. Um, they're just... They're they're specifically for like hummingbirds, which are also pollinators. Um, but they are just kind of there's multi different colors. What exactly they are in, in the wild seed bags, uh, I'm not entirely certain, but um, they're pretty. I think uh, a lot of them. I've put some out at my house. It's usually a lot of black eyed susans is a yes, very popular one. I know. A lot of black eyed susans. Um, yeah, and I see some of the plants include crepe myrtles, daisies, uh, black eyed susans. I don't know what a lantana is. Lantana. Lantana. It's a kind of a bush type plant, but it's got really cute little flowers on it. Um, they come in various colors. I think ours are uh, gold, red, and yellow. Love it. And then uh, cranberry cone flowers. I did see a photo of the mayor out helping do some planting. Put out a crepe myrtle. Uh, I, I believe he's quite the gardener, from what I've heard. I think he did that's a hobby great. Of he did a great job. He did yeah. quite a few plants. Yeah. Yeah. He made got a little dirty. Yeah, I, I, someone told me that he's got quite the green thumb at home. I believe First Lady said that he uh, is that he loves to be out in the garden. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I had to learn about my green thumb. <laughs> um, we also have uh, we have um, bee balm. We have Colville's root. We have yarrow, which is also really popular. Um, cardinal flowers. A lot of the uh, the 
pretty much the beginning advice as far as plants uh, we got from Austin P. We worked uh, with Wes, which is our landscape director over there, um, who gave us really good insight oh. as far as planting on a slope um, and kind of, uh, he, he, you know, gave us kind of a, a heads up to a, a local nursery that has all native stuff and we got to go down there, which was really fun and uh, just kind of pick out specific plants that are to our area. For people that might not know, what is the, why is that, that native species important? Um, because the, so the bees are native to your region. So you want to be able to feed them things that they are uh, used to and, or should be, you know, thriving on rather than, uh, kind of the mixture of worldly plants. Um, you kind of want to keep them, you know, locally at home. Gotcha. That, and then the plants and vegetation that are local naturally are just going to do better. They're going to thrive in this environment because that's where they're from. You have a favorite? Oh, um, I do. It is, uh, it's a, it's a little red bush we have going on right now. It's called Dragon's Breath. It's my personal favorite, uh, because it has survived the drought that we had. Um, and it's did phenomenal. It just, you know, it has really hung in there. Dragon's Breath sounds like a really hearty, uh, plant for drought. I, I love the name. <laughs> it is, and it's really bright red. Um, it's just, it's just nice pop of color. Love it. Uh, all perennials, I'm a, uh, other than, I guess, the wildflowers are probably not perennial, but... I believe the wildflowers seeds should come back. Um, oh. Hopefully they do. Um, that is a good question. They, they should. And that's kind of the experiment portion mm-hmm. of it is putting things out that, um, through Sarah's research or whatever, of things that will grow in the different seasons. Um, so it's not barren at any time during the year. Um, so like she said earlier, too, it'll take three seasons for us to get through. We'll see what works, what sticks, what doesn't. Um, and then, you know, just regroup. Love it. Pulling out all the grasses. Johnny grass. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else with this particular project? Uh, bu- 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 so we, tr- we tried to make it look really good. So we did some decorative type mm-hmm. amenity. So uh, down on the far left corner of the garden, we put um, like a, it's probably a one foot uh, decorative block wall. Um, and then around the big uh, hackberry tree, we built a wall. Um, that circles the tree on the half side. So when you look at it on the slope, it's not like a tree just sticking out of the grass. It has a nice block wall around it, which looks really great. Um, and then we did one up at the upper tree also. So when you go out there and look, it doesn't look like we just threw stuff out there on the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a really big garden on the side of a mountain. Love it. To that end, I also, I just noticed in the press release, uh, Sarah, you mentioned rosemary and mint are effective plants for pollinator, are pollinator support. Or is, is there stuff like that out there as well? Yes. Yeah, so we have mountain mints out there. Um, uh, rosemary, um, they're, I wouldn't really necessarily call rosemary pollinator specific, but we have, so like we have bean plants out there, bean sprouts. Um, they help with the, uh, uh the nitrogen in the ground. Hmm. Um, it kind of keeps it, uh, keeps the plants flourishing. Hmm. So there, there's a lot of plants out there that, um, you know, maybe they're not, you know, as pretty as some of the other ones. They don't have that nice flower, but they're there to support the ones that hmm. do. Do beans and such, do those need to be harvested or can that just be left to its own devices? That is part of our experiment. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, we kind of, we put a lot of seeds out that, uh, to kind of make a little meadow just to see what it'll do, you know, <laughs> see what happens. And, uh, then we can kind of base next year off of, uh, 
what does and does not succeed. I keep a little herb garden at home, and I love that's my favorite thing because I just love the smell of it. I keep everything real close to the porch, and I got rosemary and mint and sage and thyme. And I, oh, that rosemary I, is strong. I love the smell of rosemary, especially when it just starts growing for the year. I can't. I've I've had trouble at my current house. My last house, I had one that was. Four years old, I think. This one, I can't get it to go past a year since we've moved. I think I'm just I'm, I'm planting a like a raised bed. I think I need to just go into you water it too much, possibly. Oh, that might be it. Yeah, sometimes they don't need a whole lot of water, and then they just you get root rot and things like that if hmm. you're just overwatering. Especially, yeah. you find that a lot in raised beds if they don't um, have good drainage where hmm. you're running the water out. I'll keep that in mind. Awesome. Uh, so, you've, like as you've said, there's a lot of sort of experimentation going on into this, and that's neat. So, this is something that people might see a little bit of change in over the years as uh, lessons are learned, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, this has definitely been a learning process. Um, I am so grateful that uh, I got the opportunity to be a part of this, and uh so grateful that Randy has helped out as much as he has. Um, I have, I do not have a green thumb. Did not, I should say. Um, have never really had a garden. And so this is basically for myself personally, uh, starting from scratch, bare minimum. Um, so I really tried to do as much research as I could, but it is, it's a learning process over time. Uh, there's stuff that you do need, you don't need, you don't even realize that would be great to have. Um, so, uh, yeah, over the next couple of years, you know, as we, as we move things out and see what works, uh, I'm really excited to see uh, how it turns out in the end. Mm-hmm. Once some of that experience is had and that information is, is, are, we have a little bit more information on what works and doesn't through just through experience. Is this something we might see at other parks as well? See more pollinator gardens or that's a good possibility um you know on the park side there's a lot of new things that we're looking and doing we're um going to be working on some prairie restoration we have no mow zones which are riparian barriers um Mm -hmm. along the river um just you know planting new trees uh keeping things together we're creating a new chip in place program so we go out after storms or whatever so we got the down limbs and things like that instead of hauling them off to the dump we're going to chip in place um blow them back into the natural environment um Mm -hmm. And do things like that. Love that. Love that. Um, very cool. Uh, glad to hear. Um, I've, something I I really like uh, on a I've, and I know there's a couple private ones. It's just community gardens. Is that a thing that's ever been looked at by parks? So I came from Los Angeles, and <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that, but I came from LA six months ago, and I get teased all the time. But I frankly I don't care. I can I. I got broad shoulders. I can deal with it. But there's a lot of community gardens in L.A. Out here, I don't see a whole lot. Um, what's the group we were working with? CSC or... Oh, the Southern Grasslands Institute. Yeah, Southern yeah. Grasslands. So we've been working with them and talking to them about different things, too, of what may work, what may not work. What it really allows us to do is build really solid collaborations um, mm-hmm. in working with other organizations. Um, and not only that... You know, when we get the sign put at Valley Brook, it'll have information on if someone wanted to start one in their backyard and they want to do one at home or things like that. It'll give them a head start on some things like that. So part of the grant, if we wanted to make things educational, um, so you get to see it, you get to see what we're doing. Uh, We may or may not put it in some other parks here and there, Um, but definitely being a resource. to the local community for them to reach out and be able to do some of the same things. Love that. I know I saw, a, I think it's Rotary Park maybe with the county. Uh, they've recently, and it's like a volunteer based thing. And I think they're, they're partnered with like AARP to, and that AAR, AARP members can help out with a small community garden. They've added 
I, I, I'm pretty sure it's at Rotary. Um, it's not at one of ours, so yeah. <laughs> chances are it might be a county park at Rotary. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, you know, we put, you know to this scale, um, it, yeah. it was a rather large, um, you know, pro- like, plot of land. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's just so simple to have a small garden, you know, anywhere. <laughs> um, whether it's just throwing some seeds out, um, you know, in your backyard, in an alley, um, <laughs> you know, or just around different parts of the park. So I'm hoping we can get some more of those going. Very cool. And I know uh, this kind of ties in kind of neatly with the Healthy Yards Initiative here locally. Uh, There's lots of people that are interested in in getting in on help uh, making their property more pollinator-friendly, more green-friendly, and uh, more butterfly-friendly, I think, is a particular one. Um, What Are there any resources you'd recommend for folks just trying to maybe do some good and make their yards a little more wildlife friendly? Um, definitely the Healthy Yards campaign is phenomenal. Um, the, they, we worked with them also. Yes, we worked with them also. They, they really have all their information. Um, but I mean, you can go to like the National Park Service. Uh, they have a lot of information going on. Surprisingly, uh, like surprisingly to me, um, TDOT has a huge pollinator program. Really? They do a lot of like the, the like size of the interstate. Um, they hmm. just turn them into like little pollinator gardens. Uh, so they are less to maintain. But, um, yeah, I was actually very impressed with TDOT. That's neat. I didn't know that. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Very cool. And it, and it looks good when you're driving down the highway, so. Yeah. It's a, win, it's a win-win. <laughs> I know there's like the Adopt-A-Shoulder program, or Adopt-A-Curb program, where some people put out gardens. I believe there's some at, like in front of Gary Matthews. Yes. That are some uh, rather nice ones. Yeah, Adopt-A-Plot. Adopt that's it. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Very cool. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot more to ask. Uh, is there anything I've missed? Or anything you'd like to add? Um, I would say Randy's our wall man. Randy, uh, he, he really, he, he has surprised me in the fact that he has gotten down and dirty with us. He really has. He has gotten out there. He is in a sweating. good way. In a good way. <laughs> he has sweated. He's gotten muddy. For um, a Californian. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a worker bee. No pun intended. But I'm a worker bee. I, I don't have a problem putting on a pair of boots and jeans and, like she said, getting down in the dirt with them. Um. One is it helps me to understand the staff that I supervise. Um, two is just being a leader, um, reaching out and, and helping to be a part of it. Um, and just drawing, drawing the whole team together. Um, since I've been here and, you know, some of my goals are to make us, um, just better collaborators getting along and doing stuff that the, that the public would like. The public gets to see, um, just helping out the city of Clarksville. Love it. And then uh, I had a question sort of uh, will be interesting perspective. We have someone who's lived here for a very long time and someone who's moved here not uh, relatively recently. Six months. Yeah. What's your favorite part? Do you have a favorite? I can't have favorites because I supervise them all. Oh, that's so true. I didn't think about that. Right? So, uh, well, because I have staff at a bunch, and, and I don't. He loves them. All. I don't want yeah, to do that. Not about the staff. Just- I'm, I'm a park. I'm a parks and recreation person, so I just love the outdoors. Valbert's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me personally, uh, the Riverwalk has always been kind of home. Um, that was when I was a kid. Everybody would be walking there. All the events. Uh, that was the first park I started at. Um, so yeah, I mean, Riverwalk is probably one of my personal favorites. 
I can get that. My similarly, and it's just because I live over there now. I live over behind Kenwood and can walk to the Greenway. And I, the Greenway is where I take my dogs. And where now that I have a kid, we go walking down there. So and we take care of that too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's hard to pick, but they all have their own mm-hmm. little special things about them. They have different amenities and things like that. So if you you know are looking for big open space, you go down to Liberty. If you're looking to yeah. sit along the river, or whatever, you'd go to McGregor. If you right, you go to Billy Dunlop. If you're going to be on the river and you're going to float, you get out at Billy Dunlop. You get in at Robert Clark. I love Billy Dunlop just because I like playing or messing around with the in the creek, right? It's river, where is it? It's, it's, it's the Blue, Red River. Red River, Blue Red, Blue yeah. Red, Red River, yeah, right. Blue Way, Blue Way. I like that. I remember then, being a kid going out there, and yeah. then I totally forgot it even existed until yeah. uh, getting able to come back. And then My have, black lab loves Billy Dunlop, and we have twenty some odd uh, neighborhood parks, just the small parks mm-hmm. that are in communities and stuff, and New they're one, soon. I just want to give a shout out to uh, the rest of the Parks and Rec and the other departments that we got to work with. Um, yes. Because anytime that we needed help, uh, you know, or had any questions or needed advice, um, it came in in floods. Uh, you know, everyone was very more than willing to come and help. Um, I know Junior had sent uh, one of his guys over to uh, dig the retaining wall out for us. and That's from Building and Facility Maintenance? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mostly, yes. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it was, that was probably one of my favorite parts is one, getting to work with the, the different people that I did and two, getting to see, uh, how many people just really stepped up and helped out when, when you really needed it. Love it. Shout out to my city folk. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to breed in parks. Yeah. We have so many great people that work for the city in parks and beyond. And it's always nice when you can get, uh, everybody working together on a project and it's amazing what can be done when. When everybody's working together. Yes. Love it. Awesome. So I think we'll kind of wind it down here. Uh, Thank you, everyone who's listening. And make sure to go check out our amazing city parks. How how many do we have? Oh, Lord. (laughs) 30-something playgrounds. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 27, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) I'm taking over playgrounds. I took a class to get my certification for inspection. So I have at least 35 playgrounds. Let's talk about that real quick. How does that work? Um, so it's a CSPI course. Um, it's put on the, the National Parks and Rec Association. Uh, so basically, I'll be getting certified to uh, inspect the playgrounds for their safety um, and make sure, you know, little kid can't get his head stuck in there. Um, and uh, that we're maintaining the, the playgrounds um, to the standard that we believe they should be at. Hmm. Sort of OSHA-esque, I guess, for the classes? It, it is It is like a version of OSHA. Yeah. Um, it is... It is you know, to make sure that, that nobody's going to get out. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody wants to have fun on a playground. Um, and we, you know, just do implementing the, uh, the maintenance and uh, any kind of improvements. Love it. So I go to Alabama next week. We got it next. Okay. Very cool. I'll tell you, I'll give you this then. Since, Sarah's, uh, Sarah's my go-to girl. <laughs> Love it. Since you can't, and I, I get it, you can't have a favorite park when, you, when you're in your position. Uh, and you can think back to childhood if you want on this favorite piece of playground equipment. I like to end on a fun question. <laughs> the metal slides. <laughs> Just kidding. You like got burned. Burn on the summer day. Burn the skin off your bottom as you're going down. I guess that's not legal anymore. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I have to think about that. You're a swing man? Do you like swing? I mean, you're a seesaw guy. No, I love so. And the other, all the stuff I like, you can't do. You can't do merry-go-rounds. 
They're, that's my favorite. I, I love those because we would get on them and one person would spin until someone fell off or mm-hmm. got sick. <laughs> um, I like the swings, but we were wild and crazy kids, so we'd swing and see who could jump the farthest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they were on asphalt. They aren't the soft lamp play stuff like it is today. Our elementary school had, thinking back when we were in school, some of the more dangerous playground equipment for things like... There were things that were very much... They were like, the fifth graders can use this Absolutely. stuff, and even then we don't recommend it. One that was just like a steel monstrosity of like high bars and stuff like that. We, that, we, had, we had a steel bar... It was probably about four and a half feet off the ground, and you would literally get on it and flip and, flip and just keep going. Yep. And something happened one day, and I let go, and it didn't feel so good. <laughs> and I don't remember the rest. <laughs> Love it. What about you, Sarah? Oh, um, I was always a swing fan, but uh, racing on the monkey bars, that was always a, a good time on the playgrounds. Um, see, one, seeing if you could make it all the way across, and two, seeing if you could uh, out beat the guy next mm-hmm. to you. I do remember when uh, the game was changed for playgrounds when the the giant wooden playground was put in at Liberty Park. I, I guess that would have been like 20, 2008? Roughly, yeah. Ish. I think somewhere around there. Somewhere in that area. Yeah, that was a really cool one when it first opened. Still is. But yeah. Yeah, when that first opened, that was just very impressive. Rotary helped us out with that yeah. one. Yeah, Bikers Who Care, I think, had a big part in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, Bikers Who Care did McGregor as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, I'm, I'm excited to see where our playgrounds are going to go. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Ask about Murphy. What am I asking about Murphy? Oh, yes. Sarah was telling me about something a little bit before we started, uh, that our pollinator garden has a uh, resident by the name of Murphy. It's Raven's favorite favorite thing. Yeah. He has a penthouse apartment. He has a penthouse apartment. I don't know. I think he's living under the road, but and he's as big as a small dog. He scared Randy one day. He scared me when I came tromping down from 2nd Street. <laughs> Now I make access through the pathway. <laughs> Gonna go full Caddyshack with it? Oh, he was huge. He has a giant, a giant hole. I could probably fit in the hole. <laughs> and then, but he doesn't really mess with anything. He doesn't eat the flowers, so we, you know, we just let him be. You know, he, he made his home there, and we're not going to uproot him from it. Love it. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, uh, I think now we will wind down a little bit. Thank you all for tuning in again. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and... Uh, make sure you check out all of our amazing parks, all of our amazing green space. Go check out the Greenway. Go check out the Riverwalk. Soon you'll be able to do both of those things at the same time. We have a pedestrian bridge coming that I will not stop talking about how excited I am about. We have a lot more than that coming. We're expanding Greenway. Yeah. Um, our, goal, our, our goal is someday to, you can go from Heritage Park to Liberty. Love it. And we're going to keep working on that, and you're going to keep hearing about amazing things that Parks and Rec is doing amongst all of the other incredible city departments. So stay tuned for more news about parks, more news about places you can go walk and see some wildlife and some trees. And thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. We had a good time. Thank you for tuning in to On Public Square. See you next time.